I think the ego is a beautiful thing. It's a great, it's a great thing for us. It's developed from, you know, our primordial soup of single cell organisms where we actually were trying to evolve as single cell organisms and uh, survival was the evolution. That is what our ego is as human beings. It is our survival instinct, whether it means that we need to be accepted by everybody else or whether that means we need to be the toughest dude, whatever it is, that ego becomes that survival instinct. But that ego can actually betray you in a lot of ways because it stops you from actually opening up to other experiences. So one of the things that I found that I was doing is I was completely and 100% judgmental in pretty much every situation I came into. I'm Doug Bobst, personal trainer, best-selling author, and entrepreneur, and I'm on a mission to help others become the best version of themselves. So I'd like to welcome you to the Adversity Advantage Podcast, where we will help you use obstacles, failures, and setbacks to give you that edge needed for success. I'll be interviewing people from all walks of life on how they overcame trials and turned them into triumphs. So please sit back, relax, and get ready to be absolutely blown away by some of the wisdom and stories you're about to hear. Welcome back to another episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bobst, and today um, I got a pretty cool guest on here because for those of you who don't know, I'm a huge, huge uh, supporter of the military and everything that they do. Um, and I have somebody here who's a, who's a close friend of mine now, uh, Johnny Alsasser, who um, was in the military. He was a former special operations officer. He's an Army Ranger, as a matter of fact. And now what he's doing is he is helping men unpack their true masculinity so they can live their best lives. Because we all know that people, military or not, um, men struggle a lot with PTSD. They struggle with opening up. They struggle with like being authentic and real. And what Johnny is doing now to help them uh, transform is something that's really amazing. So I'm excited to, de- to dive deep into his story, his lessons, and what he's doing to shake things up in the world today. Johnny, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, brother. Thank you for having me on, man. I love your podcast, so I'm glad I got a chance to be on here as a guest. Yeah, man. Thank you. Likewise. And I know like, I had an opportunity to be on yours, and you have it a, a great show, too. And what I wanted to ask you is, so... You've gone now, you are, you were in special operations as an army ranger, right? And now you are here help, but pretty much doing, I don't want to say the opposite, but you're, you're really getting to the root of a lot of men's problems. Like, because, you know, most people from the outside in, um, if they haven't been in the personal development world a lot, would probably look at people in the special operations, whether they are a Navy SEAL, army ranger, um, you know, Delta force, and say like well, these guys like they they have no they have, there's no helping them they're the most badass people there are they they don't struggle with confidence issues self esteem and we all know it's not true because if that were true then the the suicide rates um, for people that come home wouldn't be as high as they are so mm-hmm. walk me through a little bit like what were your struggles coming from that sphere and some things you had to work through to now kind of where you're at right now with everything you're doing. Yeah, brother. Um, no, it's a great story in the sense that like, yeah, spec ops guys, like we get looked at as just being that super tough exterior born of freaking iron made of rock, like all that stuff. So everybody wants to say like, Oh, spec ops guys, what do they have wrong with them? Or what they can they question their masculinity on? Like, these are the top dudes that we can look at in society. Right. And at the end of the day, the struggles that we go through are very similar to other men. It's, it's, 
in, in our struggles, it may not be so much the confidence in who we are, but say, for instance, you pluck us out of that world and you put us in the normal world and we're not doing that high octane life anymore. Well, we struggle, man. We struggle with finding that uh, masculinity and identity because we can't rely on who we were back in the past. You can only look at that for so long and say, that's going to hold me up before you're like, well, shit, man, I got to, I got to find something different because this is no longer serving me. I can't be this dude that's walking into a bar acting like I'm like tough as shit. And then I go back to a computer the next day. It's a contradictory personality, right? You're almost bipolar at that point. So what the guys struggled with and what I struggled with probably a lot in, in hindsight, when I look at back at it is the fact that, you know, when you leave that dynamic, even just while you're still in it, but say, for instance, you're going out and having drinks with buddies and stuff like that, you struggle with just supporting others and being nice. Like that's one of the struggles that you have because you're kind of a dick all the time because you're like, oh, bro, they're nowhere near me. Like, fuck this guy. But that's not real, man. Like everybody has a ton of value. And just because they're not special operations doesn't mean they're a bad dude and doesn't mean you need to freaking stare daggers into them, right? So like there's a lot of issues that come up from that. But then the other stuff is the fact that you feel like you can't even, a lot of guys don't talk about, their struggles at home because they still have wives and they they have kids they don't see they don't they they don't talk about we lost a couple guys when I was in battalion we lost a couple guys from my platoon we were all close with them and it all affected us differently Mm. but we never talked about it unless we were drunk as fuck and then a dude's bawling and you realize he's got some fucking issues man and so like these things we struggle as spec ops guys the same way that a lot of the normal you know quote-unquote normal men struggle because we hide all that emotions. We can't, and we actually probably have a bigger block to it because if we think, if we show it, we're the biggest bitch in the world um, amongst a bunch of other men who are doing some really hard, tough shit on a regular basis. So, yeah, and there's a lot to unpack there. And I think, you know, what you've said, I've heard too. Um, you know, I just, one of my other close buddies um, was a spec ops um, Marine and, you know, some of the things he said are the exact same thing. Some of the biggest struggles are adjusting to the norm of society, coming back in and you're used to being like the alpha male going after the bad guys and you're easily triggered because over there when you're triggered and you are angry, you can, I mean, you're, you're pretty much training to kill, right? Yeah. You harness, and- you harness that anger. You harness it in a manner that you're actually able to, to say it's, it, it's actually serving a purpose. You get back in the real world and <laughs> world, you harness that anger. You end up in jail. <laughs> and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I got to put the handgun away right now. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so yeah. And I think, and I think one of the other things that you said that I think is spot on is you're taking somebody out of their environment and placing them into an environment that they're not used to anymore because yeah. You know, you think about that in itself. Anytime we change our environment, there's going to be a, a, you know, a grace period of not understanding, not adapting. And, you know, people, I think, from that side of things, because the military is so polarizing because of politics, I think people don't see, maybe don't see that side. Don't see like, hey, like, this is what happens, like, to the military when they come back. And maybe, you know, let's show them even some more support and love because going from a, a scenario where you're used to carrying out orders to take out the bad guys, now you're coming back home and you're like, well, there's no bad guys here. What do I do? Like, no one's relying yeah. on me. I'm not getting a high five. I'm not getting a medal. Um, and then on top of that, you got all these memories inside of you of maybe some things you saw over there that you don't even want to remember. Or you lost, yeah. like you said, you lost some friends. 
and it scars you for life in a way that you need to unpack some of the root to deal with that because, and this is the last thing I'll say, and I'll bring it back to you is even from somebody like myself, I was never in the military, but I lost a lot of friends when I was a kid just due due to the lifestyle I led. And it it numbed me in in a very, like a lot of ways emotionally because of some of the things I saw. And then I still had to unpack all that stuff to get to the root cause because I couldn't change that, that what happened at all. I couldn't change the fact that those people, um, you know, passed away. I couldn't change all the stuff that I did, but what I could change is how I responded to it and get to the root of the issues and how I responded. So walk me a little bit through like what you think, like the blueprint is, so to speak, um, in your method, your modalities for some, some, some ways that you kind of healed yourself and then like what you're kind of doing to help other people. Yeah, brother. Uh, it's, a lot of t- what people don't realize is that when you're struggling with that stuff, part of the reason why men struggle a lot with that is the fact that it's basically we've, t- we've taken pillars of masculinity. We've taken all these pillars that we've developed through what we were given in the military. And then we're like, oh, okay, like that's who we are as a man. Mm. And then when you're taken from that lifestyle, that's completely gone. And then when that happens, you're like, wow, who am I as a man now? Because those pillars that you were so grounded in are no longer serving anything you're doing in life. And they're actually could be hurting you and hurting your relationships. So you have to figure out as a man, holy crap, not only like, where am I going now? Cause I don't have those orders anymore. I don't have that brotherhood around me anymore to also who am I now? Like, who am I embodying? What am I trying to show up as? If I keep trying to show up as the past, I'm never going to have a good future. But some of the stuff that men need to, to really to, to hone in on um, is that the first thing you need to do is look to your ego, right? I think the ego is a beautiful thing. It's a, gr- it's a great thing for us. It's developed from, you know, our primordial soup of single cell organisms where we actually were trying to evolve as single cell organisms and uh, survival was the evolution. That is what our ego is as human beings. It is our survival instinct, whether it means that we need to be accepted by everybody else or whether that means we need to be the toughest dude, whatever it is, that ego becomes that survival instinct. But that ego can actually betray you in a lot of ways because it stops you from actually opening up to other experiences. So one of the things that I found that I was doing is I was completely and 100% judgmental in pretty much every situation I came into. Either I thought I knew better than somebody, I thought I was tougher than somebody, or I thought I, and I, I wasn't outwardly, I wasn't saying this to their face, but internally I was struggling with that judgment. Well, that judgment just creates a lot of shit ton of negative energy. It, ta- it, it creates a lot of negative talk on other people. And then that's not helpful for you as a human being. So what I did was I ended up having to get real with myself and say, well, why is my ego doing this? What's the root of it in me? What am I insecure about? And so when you start questioning what it is that you're insecure about, then you can start to figure out, okay, now this is where I need to adjust myself to make sure that what I'm doing in life and what I'm doing with other people is actually serving me and serving them as a, as a human being. So when you find out that you have that issue within you that you're saying, okay, this is no longer something that I want to bring into my life. You can start addressing that. And it took me a long time to do it, man. I still fight it to this day. And I'm not saying that I'm, I'm a great at it. I, I still fight it to this day. I actually have to question myself when I have a judgment, but when you know that judgment's coming out and that's the biggest thing when you're, when you're an alpha, like 
a lot of times it's immediate judgment, immediate judgment every time. And you have to know when that's part of your personality and you have to know when you need to cut that back. Yeah. And I think, you know, you, what you said is something that I think a lot of people struggle with as men is the ego, right? Is their, their confidence, their uh, arrogance sometimes and who they are as a person. And you're right. Like these pillars of masculinity that I think um, have been created within the military. And then also I think outside of the military, which is what I want to get into with yeah. you too, because you know, it's not just the military where, where this exists. It's every male has ego oh, yeah. issues. Every male has um, their, their view on masculinity. Every male has their, their pitfalls. And I know that something that you and I have talked about a lot just between you know, us is that we both have things that we know we need to work on, but we are, are open to doing the work because we know that without doing the work, that things won't get better for us. And that's why we're so interested in the personal development community. So do you think like society has done men a disservice? Meaning like I, so for me, for instance, my view on, on masculinity growing up was you're judged by how much money you make, how many women you sleep with and your athletic ability. So I made like minimum wage. I wasn't like the most attractive guy growing up and I couldn't jump or run. So my view of myself as a man was completely worthless. Do you think that the society has placed a, really, like a, like a false sense of who we are as men that has impeded growth, like true growth for mass for, for men to like show their true masculinity? Well, I think society, and that's a great question. Society is a huge influencer on men's masculinity. So is your, you know, I subscribe to Bandura social learning theory. And it's, it's also the men that you look up to in your life growing up. So re regardless of who you are, um, it doesn't necessarily have to be your parents, but there's people that you look up to. But, you know, socially, I don't know that society, I wouldn't quite say society set us up for failure. What I would say is that society has created a, attempted to create a structure of masculinity that is false. So mm. what they've done is they've created this persona of masculinity that's unattainable. And there's certain theories that follow this and certain, and you fall into one way, you fall into one of these groups of how you developed your masculinity, which is like the positive, positivist, the normativist, um, the, uh, the um, normative positive. And then there's like two other, I'll get back to you on that. I'm trying to, I'm brain farting on them right now. But um, you actually subscribe to one of those four ways of how you actually developed your masculinity. And society did do that to you in the sense that you either picked it up from a, the screen, you picked it up from TV shows, you picked it up from uh, news, you picked it up from articles, and then you also have the contributing factor of who you looked up to in your life. Now, when you built those foundations of masculinity, which we all did, we all developed those pillars of masculinity, well, when you pick those up, you didn't really have a choice of whether or not you knew it was aligned with who you are as a man. You didn't know. Right. And that's not your fault. And that's not other people's fault. What that is, is the fact that it was just a structure to get you started to be a man. But as time progresses, while society still says certain things and other people say certain things, this is a real man. Every, it's very subjective. You have to be the one to question that. You know, what is a real man? And that's where I think people struggle because at the end of the day, when they see somebody that, for instance, you were preconditioned to think that a dude that had big arms and a big chest is a man, right? Like you were preconditioned to think that when they see a dude with big, big chest and big arms, they're like, man, I don't have that. 
I'm not a man. Well, they have to learn to question why that makes him a man. There's right. no reason behind right. it. There's no reason behind it. It's just because somebody gave that to them, but that's not in alignment with them. Maybe he, that, you know, maybe that person thinks that, wow, somebody that's really intellectual is actually more of a man to me, but I'm still looking up to this guy with big arms and big chest. And I don't want to, I don't want to look up to him. Now they have to redefine that masculinity for themselves because it is fluid. It is something that evolves. It's not something that's structured. You can look in any society and there's no structure of masculinity cross-culturally whatsoever. So th that's where I think, yes, society sets us up with maybe some building blocks that aren't necessarily serving everybody, but we also need to understand that we're complicit in the sense that if we don't question it, and we don't own the fact that they're not aligned with us, that we have to take, we have to be responsible for changing that. Right. And I think it comes back to anything, right? You got to take ownership and responsibility for yourself, your actions yeah. and your choices and not blame other people for where you're, where you are in life. Right. And that's, and that's the thing with men is we're afraid to do that. We're afraid to question because then all of a sudden people are like, Oh man, you don't think a dude with big arms and big chest is a man? You're a bitch. Like, and then you're like, oh my God, now I'm ostracized. Like dudes are scared to do that. Then dudes are also scared to question themselves because we don't want to sit alone with ourselves. You know, people, I, I like meditation. I'm not here to sit here and tell you you have to do it. And you mm. don't have to do it. I'll tell you this right now. When I was in the military and I was going through all my training and I was doing all my land nav stuff, you had to be alone with yourself for hours because you couldn't talk to people. You couldn't be within a certain proximity of people. You couldn't be like doing freaking Morse code with your lights. Like you were out there from day to nighttime and you were by yourself and you had to find these little metal poles in the middle of the woods plotted on your map that they, all they did was give you a freaking GPS coordinate. You had to find these things. And then you had to be alone with yourself for a long time. And so mm. while, you know, some men don't want to do meditation, that's fine. Don't do meditation, but get alone with yourself because then you're going to start to answer some really big questions. You're going to start to find some shit in you that you're like, wow, like, uh, that's kind of messed up. Why am I even thinking that? But get yourself into nature, get yourself doing something alone that makes you uncomfortable and makes you not able to reach out to anybody else and start talking to yourself. Cause that's where the real answers start to come. And that's why guys are scared to question what masculinity is today, or even if the masculinity they currently hold is what they want to promote. So what does somebody say when they're out there in the woods and they're walking around on a hike and they're not saying anything to, uh, to anybody, but themselves, like what kind of questions are, should people be asking themselves? Well, I, I can't really tell you there's any specific questions mm -hmm. because you're going to come up with questions. <laughs> right, right, right. You will come up with questions. You are going to come up with some philosophical um, ideas and statements that are going to help you to understand why you think the way you think or why you're actually not in alignment with what people are telling you a man is supposed to be. Like you honestly, when you have nothing else to, you know, put your phone down, lock it in your car go out to the woods, obviously like maybe tell somebody where you're at if you're not a great hiker. So you don't freaking get eaten by a bobcat or something, but like, <laughs> you know, like, but go out there and go take a hike. Or if you're comfortable, uh, if you're comfortable, like, and I say hiking, cause this is what I love. You can pick whatever you want, but go out to the woods, pitch a tent for freaking two days and leave your phone in your car. Like 
and stay away from it. And all you do is you just start thinking about stuff and you will get so many past scenarios that came up. You'll get past issues that came up. You'll work through past issues. You'll start to create philosophies. You'll create philosophical ideas and then you'll come out a different person. I promise you. I promise you, you will. Yeah. And I think, you know, you, you said something that's extremely important for people to hear men or women, male, female, that do what works for you. You yeah. know, I think so many times people are trying to get pigeonholed into the ideas and beliefs of somebody else yeah. and they lose sight of who they really are, what they really like, because they're, they're chasing after somebody else's walk. Somebody's like pushing this on them and then they don't want to do it, but they're trying to do it. And then it feels forced. And what happens when you force something, resistance comes, right? And, you know, I think at the end of the day, like some of the best ideas I have is in solitude is when I'm like running without my headphones, yeah. just, you know, or I'm like laying down and, and just silently just thinking and, and thoughts come and things come. And then you're able to like unpack like, oh, like I didn't know this was still there. Yeah. And well, people, you, right. Yeah. You look at, you look at, uh, for instance, well, I'll take somebody you and I both know is Anthony trucks. He talked about how he sat there and stared at a Brown wall for yeah. hours just contemplating life and everything inside of him that is the same principle like whatever it is if that means running without your earphones if that means driving for you know five hours and just driving somewhere randomly like whatever you feel comfortable doing do that but get alone with yourself start to start ask questions of yourself because like yes this is great for men and women but for men you are going to end up pushing down the ego because you're going to start mm. questioning the ego. And that is the key to a lot of this is you have to learn to question the ego because you need to know when it's serving you and when it's not serving. you. Yeah. Because I think, um, ego means so many things and I think so many people have their own definition of it. Right. And I think there's obviously the, the notion that the ego is a lot of what pops up. Um, in your subconscious right and then right. there's the conscious mind and ego i think and also i've heard in in recovery terms like edging god out mm. right like not thinking about other people thinking about yourself um yeah. and i think that their their ego you know it, it gets i think it gets like a, a bad rap sometimes because you think of the word egotistical right and i think ego can be good because i think to have a lot of success in life to accomplish things, to transform things, to have comp like there has to be some sort of your ego involved for that. I mean, would you agree? Yeah. I mean, well, that's why I preface this with the ego is good and right. it's, it is your survival instinct. It is there to protect you, but it's also because of the fact that we're not, no longer in flight or fight, uh, fight or flight mode on a regular basis due to having to just like run away from threats and not get eaten and shit. Like we're not in that but our bodies are still conditioned to be in that. So your ego is there for that, that fight or flight instance. And it's always going to try to protect you from things that are uncomfortable. It's always going to try to protect you from things that may get you ostracized, but you have to understand in society today, what does ostracizing get you? Okay. A group of people doesn't like you, but now another group likes you because you're actually talking their language. Like, I mean, it just changes, but it doesn't mean that you have to sit there and look at the ego negatively. It is a positive feature of our chemistry and we should be utilizing it to its advantages. But you, if you're unaware of where it is an advantage and a disadvantage, that's where the problem lies with the ego. You know, that's why I wouldn't say it's ever negative, but you have to take that for what it is. 
Right. And I think at the end of the day, like the biggest problem, I think, and one of the biggest issues we have in our society is people are ostracized and they're polarized and people can't agree to disagree. It's like if somebody sees a view um, of yours is different, then all of a sudden, like you're the bad guy. And it's like, well, I mean, we all have different views, different perspectives, and that's okay. That's what makes that's what makes like human nature like appealing is that we're able to like disagree with people and be like, Oh, like I see that view and have empathy and compassion without like hate. And so what would be an instance you think that the ego kind of gets in the way and prevents somebody from their own growth? Like what would you say? I mean, outside of the whole fight or flight or like, what would be an example? So, so many, man. And I can tell you this from experience just because I've recently had them. So like, for instance, uh, creating the podcast, right? Like there's a huge ego protecting you. They're saying, don't do it. People are going to say shit about you who like what you say, no one's going to listen to. You have all of these thoughts going through your head and that's your ego protecting you from getting uncomfortable, from putting your message out there, from trying to be a light for other people, regardless of who likes you and who doesn't like you. Like that was a struggle for me, uh, to start the podcast. I'm sure that was a struggle for you early on too. But even, yeah. to, even to start a business, to start trying to create men's programs, like men are, men are probably one of the diff- most difficult group to get into because most men don't want to sit there and say, oh, another man's going to tell me how to be a man. Oh, hell no. Like most men are not going to allow that to take place. But that's the ego because the ego is saying like, oh, who is he to tell you you're another man? Oh, if he tells you how to be a man, now you're less than him you're emasculated mm. by him. You're no longer the cock of the walk, right? Like that's where the ego starts talking. So I had to fight that and I still fight that. Like who's going to, who's going to sit here and want to have a program from me saying, Oh, I want Johnny to help me become a better man. Like, you know, yeah, I have a background that most men can respect. I love what I used to do. I love the fact that I went through it, all the hardships and everything else, but that doesn't necessarily mean to somebody that I'm qualified to tell them how to be a man that if they can't shut that ego down and say, wow, Johnny's actually got some value, then they're not going to, they're not going to participate. Right. So at the end of the day, that ego for me, those are externally, man. Uh, Let's give an example as well. When you get into, imagine yourself dating a woman on the Hill, right. In, in one of these political arenas. Okay. And she says, Hey, cause they have a lot of functions when we're not in, in the current situation. They have a lot of functions and she says, Hey, Doug, come with me to this. Um, come with, come with me to this function tonight. It's a huge gala. You know, you get dressed up, you get to meet a lot of people. Okay. Yeah. You, you, you say, okay. But then you start questioning yourself. Well, well, shit, what do I know about politics? Or what if I mm. say something that offends these guys or, you know, whatever, then all of a sudden you get to the gala, right. And you're sitting there and she's introducing you to, to you to all these really polished, politically savvy gentlemen and AIDS and stuff like that, that are your age. And you're all of a sudden feeling less than you're like, wow, they're talking circles around me. I don't understand what they're saying. Oh, my girlfriend's around these guys all the time. Few of these guys are good looking and they talk her same language. What the hell? All of a sudden you start to get a chip on your shoulder. All of a sudden your ego starts saying, don't talk with these dudes. Or it starts saying, Hey, start making fun of them to her because that's what we do. We start making fun (laughs) of the other guys. Oh man, look at him. Yeah, he was cool. But look (laughs) at him see how skinny he was or look at his hair man like that's (laughs) like we start saying like stupid shit like that but Mm. that's the ego jumping in for us saying Mm. okay this is how we're gonna protect ourselves because all of a sudden i'm feeling insecure you know yeah man and you're right i think at the end of the day it's like our 
our survival coping mechanisms are there from from the, the from when we grew up from when we even in our teens and in our early adulthood and it's on us to address them and look back and have like perspective right and and, and yeah. have the humility to say you know what like i might not be the smartest person in that room but i'm the smartest person in a lot of other rooms right or i might not be the smartest person right now but i can go there and have an open mind and learn and I mean, I, I mean, I'm just throwing scenarios yeah. out there of just how to like build yourself up to know that like, okay, like just cause you're not the smartest person that you shouldn't be like, if you, if they're, if you're smarter than those guys, then there's a problem Well, I'll well in that, this, in that space. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And I'll, and I'll tell you this, man, you are never going to be the smartest. You're never going to be the biggest. You're never going to be the fastest. You know I mean? And that's not saying to demean you. It's just saying you have a world full of 8 billion people. You are not, the chances of you being the, the pinnacle at anything is not really realistic. I mean, the chances of that, I, I'm no mathematician, but the probability is not very high. And it's not to say anything negative about you or anybody else. The thing is just to say that you have to own who you are as a man and you have to be comfortable with that. One of the biggest strategies that I took, um, to help myself. And I started this at a young age, but I, I carried it as I got older and I stopped it actually when I got into special operations because I felt like it made me less of a man, but I've gotten back into it recently. One of the biggest strategies I've done, ask questions. Don't say, you know, shit, you don't know, ask questions. Cause as guys, you want, you'll be like, Hey man, Doug, have you ever hiked before? Yeah, I've hiked. Hey man, have you ever done any like technical hiking, ice climbing, rock climbing, like stuff like that? Uh, I mean, if we're around a bunch of people, you're like, yeah, sure, man. Yeah, I've done some of that stuff. Oh, cool. Okay. You know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about, you know, making sure that you're tied into your buddy so you don't hop into a crevasse and having a, you know, a freaking ice pick. So you can, you know, all this stuff, you're going to be like, yeah, I know what that is. And you're like, all of a sudden you're going on Google. What the ice fucking and, and they're like no i was just messing with you that's what yeah, you do when you fish yeah <laughs> and they're like and you, yeah yeah but that's the thing is that like when you ask questions be all it is is dropping that wall and being humble and be like no man i don't know anything about fly fishing what is that like tell, talk to me about it talk to me like a child man i'd love to learn like when you start asking questions guess what you also do that dude also drops his his wall. And guess what happens? The women that are in that circle see that you're a person of humbleness and understanding. And then all of a sudden they're like, wow, I really like this guy. He's a nice dude. Like he actually isn't trying to be this peacock or trying to act like he's the best of the best. Like he's just being a normal dude. And like, he's trying to understand the world. And guess what? You open the door for experiences. You open the door for knowledge. I mean, it opens the door for relationships I mean, so many things and your ego is blocking you from that on a daily basis. Yeah. You can tell the people when you're out that they just like are like chameleons. They try to like blend in with everybody and, um, mm -hmm. and they act like they know everything in that just to, just to kind of fit in, I guess. And there's not, I used yeah. to do, I mean, I did that in high school and even in it's my early, right. It's and, but what you've learned or what I've had to learn, I guess, is to drop my, that part of my ego and know that like. I'm never going to be the smartest in the room. Never going to be the most wealthy. I'm never going to be the, you know, the lowest body fat. Like now, it's just statistically impossible, right? And then also, like, you know, the people that like have to, the people that like are like confident and know themselves, like, don't have to try that hard because they just are so in tune with themselves 
that they're comfortable being like, oh, like, um, you know, what's the political aid do? I don't, I don't know. What, I really don't know what they do. Like, I, my background is in business. I really don't watch right. too much TV. Like, what's the political aid do? I just want to make sure I have the right. And people aren't going to be like, the, and if that, and if that person is laughing, that's on, that's on, that's a mirror. Yeah, uh, on no, that, exactly. You that's, know what I mean? That shows their insecurities. And for you as a person, if you're comfortable enough to be asking those questions, you don't care if the guy laughs. You don't even give a shit. You're like, okay, no, but really, what is it, man? Like, why don't you answer the question? Oh, my God. I mean, like, that's something I checked. I wasn't telling you a knock-knock joke. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing is that, like, that shows their insecurities, but that doesn't have to be about you. That just means that they haven't worked through some internal issues that they have. But what yeah. all that matters – all that matters. And all I try to get to the point with, with men and all that I've worked on since I, you know, got out of special operations and converted to, you know, living this life is that you have to focus on yourself. You mm. have to, if you can't wake up and look at yourself in the mirror and love that guy staring back at you, you got some work to do because at the end of the day, guess out of everything you can do in this world, the one thing you cannot do is escape yourself. Yeah, wherever you go, there you are, right? And I think at right. the end, I think people, they try to like fill that void with so many things, whether it's, you know, uh, relationships or um, unhealthy coping mechanisms like alcohol, drugs, you know, sex, gambling, all those things, or even like social media, like getting validation from social media. Mm -hmm. And it just pushes them further and further and further away from who they really are at their core, which at the end of the day is what most people want. If, if you had, to, if you sat in a room, with like a thousand people and you just said, Hey, like raise your hand. If you want to know who you really are at your true, at your truest, your truest self at your core so that you could be comfortable in your own skin, drop your insecurities and build successful, meaningful relationships and, and have success in the world. Raise your hand. I guarantee you everybody raises their hand, except for there might be a couple that are just smart asses that don't. Right. Yeah. And I think yeah. the problem is on social media and I'll just speak for men is that men only, they, a lot of times what happens is they're only posting like the highlight reels. They're only posting the good times. Like even now, like during this, the, the pandemic we're in now, like every single person has been affected by this in some way. Every mm -hmm. single person's life has been negatively impacted. I mean, it's just, I mean, if, if you don't think so, I mean, just like you, you enjoy being told you have to stay in your home and right. not going where you would like to go. Like, does that sound like fun to you for months? Like, and I'm not like disregarding. I'm just saying in general, that's not a positive thing. No. But, but I think when people are posting just the highlight reels of their life, they are pushing themselves further and further away from who they, tr they most truly are because they're not sharing the skeletons. They're not, they're not sharing the, the scars and the things in their past that have led them to who they are today. And I'm not saying you just have to like share like all the depressing parts of your life. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of heal. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to do that. Yeah. Right. But there's a lot of healing and, and therapeutic and yeah. humility and being like, Hey, like, you know what? Like today, I'm, it's like day, like 3,247 of, of the quarantine. And yeah. I'm really, and I'm really struggling today. And I just am having all kinds of like fears and not knowing, but here's what I'm doing to get out of it. Right. I am I'm exercising. I called a buddy of mine. I'm, I'm reading. And there's humility. And if you're showing like a way of being proactive, so you're not being a victim, right? Which is nobody yeah. like, nobody likes to like watch somebody be a victim either. Right. Yeah. So um, I think I, I'm just, and I'm just following up to what you said, because I think at the end of the day, it's so important 
for people to open themselves up to truly healing who they are at the core so that they can be that true person that they were called to be without having to, you know, let the ego get the best of them most of the time. Well, and, and that's where like men, it's, they're opposed to changing this because of the fact that you have to lower that ego, but on the same token, they're opposed to changing it. Cause guess what you have to do? You have to admit that there's shit you want to fix. Mm. And, and that's the other struggle with men. Men don't want to admit that we have problems because at the end of the day, part of what society has constructed around masculinity in the United States, at least is that men are not supposed to have those issues. Men's are, men are supposed to be the fixers. How many times have you heard somebody tell you, Hey, stop trying to fix it, Doug. I just want you to hear me. Right. We always want to fix the problem. I do it with my wife all the time. She goes, babe, I don't need you to fix this right now. I just want you to hold space for me. That is a hard lesson I've had to learn. But men are not taking that lesson to practice. They're not learning that when they have, they, that they actually have shit wrong with them, they have to go out and seek ways on how to fix it. Because guess what? You can't do it alone. It's mm. not. Like this journey, if anything, it's taught me from when I got out of doing uh, protection and, and got out of the Middle East after being there for almost 10 years, being there around some freaking high level alpha dudes is that I had to admit I had shit I wanted to fix. Like I had stuff that I needed to work on because that life no longer was what I was in, you know? And that's where men have to figure out, oh yeah, like it's not even saying post negative stuff. It's not even saying like post all this good stuff. Men are just scared to post anything. You know, most men are scared to post anything because they're going to be like, what can I post that I'm not going to get judged by other men about? That's literally what goes through their heads. And I know this because the fact when I started my Instagram, which was only about like a year and a half ago, maybe, maybe two years at this point. But like when I started my Instagram, that was literally my biggest worry. What would my alpha buddies think if I posted this? Like that was my question. And it's like, wow, if that's what, what's causing me to not post something, I need to evaluate what's internally going on with me because that shouldn't have any bearing on what I'm doing in my life. Yeah. And I, I agree with you hundred percent. I think, and I, I, I get it, you know, the whole don't fix things and men are fixers and what do they say? Like men are fixers and women are like the home improvement people. Like they're trying to always like tell you things you can do, you know, and it's like, yeah. right. And so, but it, but it probably stands some truth there because if you think about the quote unquote, you're, you're, you're saying these, the way that, that men are, the men are always trying to fix things and are afraid to fix things on themselves. And the opposite would be women are trying to get men to improve on things about them. And they're always ones that are trying to continue to. Well, that's a whole different, that's a whole different conversation with women. It's like, don't, don't be with a guy you think you need to fix because right. you're not going to fix him. And for men, don't be with somebody that you're either trying to fix or is trying to fix you. Because at the end of the day, like you, you're the only person that can make the decision on things that you want to change. And I don't even know that I like saying fix. I think change because I don't want to, I don't want people to think they're broken because they're not like right, right. broken. Everybody's got their own story. Everybody's got their own struggles and situations. No one's broken. they just need to, they have, they may have something they want to change about them. Yeah. Well, no, you made the comment, but the whole fixing thing. So I was just trying to bring it back, I guess, to like what people Oh no, yeah. I, I hear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, um, that wasn't you. I started that one. No, no, that. you're no, it's fine. Um, I think like for me, I take like, I'm more like the opposite with like myself at least. Like I'm always trying to 
look for ways to grow almost like to a fault sometimes where I'm always like, all right, I got to like, things are good right now or things are, you know, do I really need to work on this right now? Um, and not to say that I, there's not things that I'm like, eh, I don't need to work on that one. Probably deep down I do. Um, but it's taken me a long time because for the longest time as a male, I blamed everybody, blame my parents, sure. blame my friends, blame the drugs, blame this. And it got me in jail. And so I was like, all right, like if blaming everybody and doing drugs and being somebody who never took responsibility for my actions got me in jail. So what would the opposite of that look like? Well, taking responsibility, stop blaming people and not doing drugs. And that's kind of like the approach that started me was like, well, well, I, I definitely have a role in this. I definitely, I need to, to fix myself. I'm not broken, but there's some things that need to be like repaired in the Doug Bopes, uh, yeah. inner spirit here, you know? And, um, and I think what you're doing is awesome because it's something that you said at the beginning is hard to tap into because mo majority of men, they don't enjoy looking in the mirror. Yeah. I also think it's something that's very needed because it's going to become more prevalent as we're seeing, um, you know, the decline people's mental health declining, obesity yeah. increasing, um, where they're really going to have to tap into their truest self in their core to address all these things. Because what's another thing you're, you're told as a man, if you're overweight or you're obese, that you're pretty, you know, that like, yeah. you're never going to be this and that. And there's a, no, that's a whole nother side of masculinity. We didn't even touch on was the whole, like the whole weight thing. And then, and, and yeah. so like, I think, I think what you're doing is awesome, man. Thanks brother. No. And that's that, body dysmorphia is a whole a whole nother ball game as well like because men have that that's just another thing that we don't tap into as a conversation piece but at the end of the day with men it's that you know not owning the fact that we struggle and not wanting to open up about those struggles is really what hurts us at the end of, at the end of everything and when the basically backing up a second to what you said is the way that society is changing right mm. now not only with what's going on, but even before that, you know, women are, are, are bosses in a lot of different corporations and businesses right now. Women are uh, business owners. Look at in our community, man, majority of the people in our community are women and they're boss ladies running the show. Like, and guys are having to see this change. Men are starting to become more of domestic, you know, um, you, the, uh, the house, the housewife like style husband, right? Like that's the thing, or the guys making less than the woman. There's a whole slew of guys out there that are married or dating boss ladies and they make a fraction of what those, or their wife is making the entire income. That's mm -hmm. a, there's a lot of guys I know that way. So like you have to understand when society's changing that way, it's already flipping masculinity to a different evolution at this point you don't have a choice you don't because the old masculinity the one that started from like the 40s and 50s after world war ii what we got pitched in the media what we got pitched on billboards the way that we saw movie actors and stuff like that that masculinity is obviously coming to an end that masculinity hasn't served us for maybe a decade or two now and now you're starting to see that men have to adjust, but men aren't comfortable adjusting. Mm. You know, men are not comfortable taking that and saying, wow, this is no longer part of society. I can't, I can't even be that way anymore because in a lot of ways, it's actually could cause some significant social problems. So 
like now I have to take a look at how I'm acting as a man and who I need to be as a man because I, it, it's no longer making me the person that I want to show up as. So that, that, that's a huge issue that we're running into because of how society's changing. So, and I think that's a good place for us to kind of wrap a little bit and kind of just kind of just tie up some loose ends. I mean, I think cause you provided so much value there. I mean, not just about masculinity. I mean, your story and everything you're doing now and your ideas and tactics on how, you know, men can really look themselves in the mirror and why it's so important beneath that to transform themselves that they can be a better member for, for themselves, be a better member of their family and for society. So where can people kind of find out more about what you're doing? I mean, I know you're very active on Instagram and I know you um, have a pro a coaching program. You got your uh, art of masculinity podcast. Where can people find out more about you? Yeah, brother. Uh, I appreciate that. And again, I appreciate you having me on here. So I'm just glad that I can bring some value to the community. Um, ultimately, yeah, you guys can find me on IG. It's Johnny L Sasser. Uh, my last name is spelled E L S A S S E R. Go figure that one out. Uh, <laughs> And it doesn't mean the Sasser. It's not Spanish. So, um, but yeah, Johnny.lsasser or on Facebook, you can find me at Johnny L. Sasser or The Art of Masculinity. And yeah, I'm doing some one-on-one coaching now. Um, I'm running an eight-week program, which starts the beginning of June, the first week of June. So if there's any men that are interested, I'm only taking on 12 guys. Um, it's going to be a nice tight group and we're going to dive deep for eight weeks and really flesh out the masculinity that you guys are you guys currently have what you want to build and then how we want to make that effective for you moving forward. Nice, man. That's awesome. And it's so cool that you're doing all those things. It's amazing that you're stepping up to the plate, having the courage to do it. So, um, you know, people who are listening, you're going to want to go ahead and follow Johnny, um, because what he's doing, his story is amazing. And, um, I just think it's so needed. So I appreciate you coming on brother. And, um, if, if for those of you who are listening right now, I mean, as, as always, if you really got a lot out of the show, please, you know, send a message to myself or, or the guest Johnny here and uh, leave us a review. Tell us what you thought we thought of it. And um, once again, we thank you for having Thank you for having me, Johnny. I thank you. For, yeah. Thank you for coming on. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to be here, man. Thank you for having me on, brother. I appreciate it. You got it, man. And you're listening to this week's episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bobst, and we will see you next time.